Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 90 of the Still City Insider Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jeremy Ritz, alongside the Jim Wexel. Jim, how are you today? How was your Christmas? My Christmas was great, but, you know, you should be welcoming Nick Ketchman and Ed Bouchette. I mean, how many hits did we get? We got like 1.6 thousand. That was like a thousand more than our record. I know. I know. It was, uh, that was a special episode. But this week it's just me. And so we're going to try to, uh, hit it short and sweet and, uh, uh, answer some, uh, Questions about a playoff team as opposed to questions last week about the future of the coach and the organization. Yes, yes. And and Steelers fans definitely got a Christmas gift, early Christmas gift last Saturday. The team defeating the Cincinnati Bengals at home, scoring over 30 points for the first time in who knows how long. Uh, Mason Rudolph comes off the bench. He gets his opportunity, plays well. And we're going to talk about all that. But Jim... Is there some friction creeping up within the team um, surrounding the quarterback performance? I tell you, you look around the internet and you think there is. You look around that huddle that I was in interviewing Kenny Pickett and you don't think there is. I don't know that people understand Kenny Pickett. One of the first things I noticed about Kenny was he'll look you in the eye while he answers your question, but he quickly looks away. I think I always thought that was his way to minimize the follow-up questions and not engage with one reporter too long. And I thought it was kind of youthful. Uh, you know, I, as he's gone along, he's engaged a little more and taken follow-ups, but he darts around a lot. I mean, he's got a mob in front of him. He's trying to make everybody happy. So I think some of that, I, I saw some one commentator say that that was uh uh, a, a tip that he is not happy. Um, there was also the question about, uh, did you learn anything standing on the sidelines? And he said, no, no. And he kind of dismissed the question because, you know, we all, that question took 30 seconds to come out and we all knew what the question was going to be. So you have a lot of time to look down at your feet, look around, you know, you know what the question's going to be. And they finally spit it out. No offense to the questioner. That's how we all get sometimes. And so the fact that he was looking around during the question has also been mentioned. Um, and and the fact that he even did the press conference was mentioned. Kenny don't want to do no press conference. That's part <laughs> of his part of his evasiveness was more embarrassment. I felt being there. He was a little embarrassed that he was being. Uh, um, interviewed by a mob in front of the, uh, the, what the team puts up for their planned interviews. He was, he was, the, the PR staff was asked by so many people to talk to Kenny about his injury and, and Kenny, I was surprised he, he agreed to it and he did. So I was glad he did that. I didn't think he was snippy or jealous or any of that stuff that I'm seeing. You know, you, you see this stuff now, Facebook, I don't, you're on Facebook, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't get all the news where they're getting this stuff. It's hmm. it's uh it it's fifth hand stuff. It's people reporting stuff that someone who wasn't there reported. Yeah. And then they take it off YouTube and uh, there's no feel for what actually happened and of course it's all sensationalized for clickbait. 
Oh, yeah. It's just a mess. So I, I would not read any of that stuff on Facebook except mine and yours, right? Yeah, there you go. There you go. Well, we that's why why we have the insider. You're the insider. You're actually there. It's not aggregate content. You know, you're getting the, the real scoop here. I would not take any of that seriously about some kind of, I mean, it's like they're trying to, you know, last week was a big week for all of the friction, right? Yeah. This week, they're happy they won. Let's, let's, we got to look hard for some friction here. Yeah. Kenny wasn't cheering very loudly on the sideline. Did he learn anything standing there in his coat? I love that he said no, no. Yeah. Just come on. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, every minute is a learning process for all of us. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, but I mean, I don't think that he gained any great insight. I think we all knew what Mason had. And if, if Mason at his best could do what he did, he's a pocket passer. Of course, he looked better in the pocket than Kenny and Trubisky. Those guys have been scramblers their entire lives. They need to understand the pocket the way Matt. Mason does. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that pocket patience results in easy sacks on critical downs for Mason. He's been a slow processor. Mm -hmm. now, this game was great. The line gave him time. The Bengals defense sucked. Uh, Mason hit some passes. Mason's got a beautiful deep ball. We've talked about that several times. Yeah. So I'm not diminishing what Mason did, but let's, let's put the reins on it a little bit. And let's not be getting rid of Kenny. I think once they get a new quarterback, they can let Trubisky go. Yeah. I mean, they won't they won't let him go before they have another backup because Mason's a free agent. Yeah. So you can't count on him, especially if he continues playing that way. Uh, and you can't write Kenny off. He showed a lot of good things, but you do have to add to the room. Whether you have to Go get Russell Wilson. That's a little much. I can't see all that money. No, they're not going to do that. They're not going to get Kirk Cousins. No, they're not going to get that kind of big ticket item. They're going to get Kenny, maybe get a veteran who's cheap. I mean, to replace Trubisky and then draft another one to yeah. add to the room. So, yeah. and again, I think we it's easy to lose perspective and we have to keep perspective that this is just one game, one performance. But let's let's dig a bit into this. So Tomlin had said that Mason's gonna what what was the statement? He's gonna have the ball to start the week, and uh, Pickett's recovering from his injury still. How long do we expect, or should we expect Mason to continue to get the call as a starter, uh, or is he on a short leash? And if he performs poorly in Seattle, Kenny goes in. How how do you see this playing out? Uh, you know it's. It benefits Kenny just to prepare, just to get past injuries, just to prepare and um, work even as a backup. Now, if Mason puts up another game like last week, I don't think it's going to matter, right? I mean, I thought Tama would go back to Pickett, but I was wrong. But in my personal opinion, I would have stuck with Mason. So I think he's kind of using that injury as a bit of an excuse, mm -hmm. and rightly so. I think it's yeah. perfect. I think it's a perfect time for Mason to play. And if Mason plays like this again, then he plays the next game. Yeah. And uh and if they make the playoffs, then he goes in as the playoffs. Why wouldn't he? And Kenny will learn all as he goes. He'll be preparing to go in and that could happen at any time. He could be needed in the fourth quarter. Hmm. And then he goes into next year same as he ever was. Uh, hey, maybe they try harder to bring Mason back, but also 
other teams are going to try harder to get Mason. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. 100%. So you've got to pr- plan on Kenny being that starter next year. You, you just have to accept that. And, yeah. But moving through the end of this year, stick with the hot hand. Yeah. And ironically enough, Jim, Mason's first game action in the NFL came against Seattle, and that was Ben's elbow, infamous elbow injury. And he he played well in that game. And I think it was in – was it in Seattle or was that in Pittsburgh? I can't remember. I think it was in Pittsburgh. Okay. But there is a, a little bit of a narrative there that you're not hearing too much talk about. Um, you know, so it, it's going to be interesting to see how he performs, if he could put two weeks in a row up of solid performances. But I agree with you. If he's got the hot hand and it continues, you got to ride with him. Sure. And everybody will understand that, except, I mean, if Kenny decides to do another interview. You know, if Kenny's going to be the backup next week, I think he opts out of that interview. Yeah. It might be wise for him to do that. You know, because apparently if he doesn't stand there smiling and fully embracing every reporter and hugging them and telling them how much he appreciates the question, he's going to be targeted as a jealous quarterback. Yeah. You know, they all get along. They all get along. I noticed that that comment by Kenny about how much fun they, how much they enjoy each other's company, how that comment was left out of all the stories that I saw. Mm. Yeah. Well, again, it doesn't doesn't fit the narrative. So you got to you got to you got to fit that aggregate content narrative. But kind of shifting gears a little bit, Jim, uh, this week we did find out some Hall of Fame news about who's eligible for for next year or who made it as a finalist. And unfortunately, two Steelers name names are not on that list to move forward. Yeah, um, I was disappointed that Heinz Ward at least isn't a finalist. I can't remember if he's been a finalist or not. Um, that stuff escapes me. Harrison, you know, I think they're both legitimate Hall of Famers. And this this was underscored yesterday when after the game, uh, J- the crowd was gathering around Jalen Warren and he was still dressing. So two lockers down was Pat Peterson all by himself. And he had his towel uh, wrapped around him and was moving in the locker room. And I said, Pat, you got a minute? And he always has a minute, but this time he said, hey, I'm going to jump in the shower. I'll catch you when I come out. And you hear that thousands of times. And I really didn't need him to tell me about that easy interception he made. I just like talking to him because he's insightful and he did have a nice pick. Mm-hmm. So I forgot about it. I went to interview Jalen and Jalen was his usual cool self. And yeah. <laughs> so we could talk about that a little later. But um, Patrick Peterson came up to me yesterday in the locker room, Jim. I mean, he knows my name. I don't know how or why. Jim, hey, I wanted to apologize. I went looking for you after I got out of the shower and you were uh, you were interviewing someone else. And I just wanted to come and apologize. And I didn't mean to blow you off. She's like, Pat, I just want to talk about that easy pick you had. And he laughed <laughs> because I, I know, I, but I just wanted to apologize. And he came across the room to, to find me and, and, and tell me. And then he went back to his place. Um, and I, 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 not only gave him my chief award vote with that, but I've, it reminded me of what a Hall of Famer is. He he has that, not only the, the gravitas, the big uh, presence, mm-hmm. but he also has a huge heart. And not that he's just nice, but he just stands out in a different way. Remembering my name, little things. It, 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 and that you add up, you have to look at his career, of course. You say, this is a Hall of Famer. And when I heard that Heinz Ward and James Harrison didn't make the finals, I thought of those two the same way. Mm -hmm. 
there are, there was a lot of gravitas on that team in that locker room at that time. And Hines, I mean, Hines may have diluted it some by, you would ask Hines, how are you doing? 20 minutes later, you would, you're trying to get your second question in. <laughs> he would go on and on and help. He wanted to help, but sometimes it just, it was too much Heinz Ward quotage and it kind of diluted itself. It mm-hmm. kind of took away that gravitas a little bit. Mm-hmm. But then you look at what he did after the 2004 championship game loss, came out crying to the media. That that picture will never go away from anybody in the in the lore of this franchise because they went and won the Super Bowl. Bettis decided to come back because Heinz Ward was crying about him. Decided to come back, led them to the Super Bowl, and they got the championship. That's Heinz Ward. Yeah. So, uh, yes, he helped us out immensely. And even when he came back to coach Juju at one training camp, trying to teach Juju some toughness, and he did. I mean, look what Juju did to Perfect. (laughs) And and a lot of what Heinz Ward taught him sunk in. But Heinz, you know, I, I think he wanted to get that wide receiver coaching job that came open recently. Didn't get it, and then he went back to college. Some he was buried. I was at Florida A and M or something. But the Steelers don't care where you are, or what level. Just go coach somewhere first. Mm-hmm. Joey Porter had to do that, and so I'm hoping that that's what happened with Hines, and that he's going to come back as a coach because his presence is immense. Let alone what he did on the field. I mean, we all know what he did on the field. Yeah. But I'm just trying to compare the. Patrick Peterson types in the Heinz Ward. Heinz Ward is a Hall of Famer. He's got that timber. And so does James Harrison. Mm -hmm. People may not like some of the things he did, but he's a linebacker. (laughs) (laughs) Linebackers are not supposed to be in in the choir on Sundays. Right. You need that (laughs) nasty temperament from uh, from your backers. And he still were. I mean, I remember one uh, fit I got argument I got into with James. I had to do a story. And he patted the, the sign. It says, I only do interviews on Friday. I said, I know, James, but Friday I'm going to be out of town. My daughter's getting recruited by a Mac school. You know, yeah. I thought that would appeal to the old Mac athlete that he was. And he just yelled at me. He goes, what I tell my kids is when there's something needs to be worked around, you plan ahead. He's chewing me up. I am not talking now. I mean, after I, I had pleaded a couple times because I can do that with him. I had a relationship, but he put that uh, what do they call it? Boundary up. Yeah. You're not that close, pal. And he chewed <laughs> me on. So I went back to the PR staff. I said, hey, I can't get that. It was for Steelers Digest. So they wanted me to get the interview. I said, I, I don't, he won't talk. I mean, he just yelled at me and I don't want to be hit by him. <laughs> that so would be bad. Can you guys ask him nicely? And they're like, oh, you know, they <laughs> dreaded that too, but they said they would. And and then I I had I I saw Ryan Shazier was talking back in the corner by near where James Lockers lockered and uh, so I went back and I stuck my tape recorder in just over the mob over their shoulders listening to what Ryan was saying I get a tap on my shoulder I look and there's a piece of paper I look back it was James the paper had his cell number and said call after five. <laughs> okay, does that make them a Hall of Famer? I don't know, but that's the kind of timber I'm talking about. Yeah, they yeah. care beyond, at least a little bit beyond the field they're dominating, and James dominated. Yeah. I don't know whether he put enough years in, 
And that wasn't his fault. I mean, he got cut three times, right? Yeah. And yeah. so uh, anyway, that's my spiel. And thank you for letting me share that. So, hey, Jim, maybe you could turn in that uh, Patrick Peterson apology to get him on the show. Hey, here's how you can make it up to me. <laughs> <laughs> We'd have to get BMAC too. But we could do that. Hey, that'd be a great, great one. Maybe we could challenge the uh, the views that we have with with Vic and Ed with uh, with those two. Yeah. That'd, that'd be, be great. Cool. So kind of bringing this one home here, Jim, Steelers are going to head into Seattle. Opportunity is in front of them to at least challenge for a playoff spot if they went out and get some help. What do you foresee this weekend? And do you think they're going to get in? I don't. Um, I, 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 If I had to predict, I would say they're going to lose the next two. Um, but it's exciting. That's all I can say is just watch. Yeah. My prediction isn't going to mean squat because I just – who was I reading? Somebody uh, who I, whom I respect quite a bit thinks they're going to win both of these games. So that gave me hope, but I don't. I, Seattle's going to be tough. Kenneth Walker's a bull. Geno Smith's good enough at home, and that defense is good enough. I know their secondary's a little beat up. But the Steelers, man, they're beat up. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I don't know if Mick is going to practice today. He didn't practice yesterday. So you still got the uh, young safeties. And if, you know, hey, Pat, if, if Peterson and Eric Rowe can get interceptions again, you know, all yeah. of that stuff can happen. So, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, Mason, there wasn't a fluke about Mason's game. Mason's game is more about lack of process and taking sacks when you least need them. But if the line blocks better, Mason's a fine pocket passer, yeah. accurate, and has the – Right mentality. Uh, that that might not be the word I'm looking for. He has the right mental makeup mm-hmm. to be a good leader. And it's not that everybody all of a sudden likes Mason more. It's that Mason quietly went about being third string. You know, you know how when you quietly go about when people quietly go about being buried and forgotten, and they don't complain. They just come to work every day. You start to notice that. You know, not that they're talking about it, but you do kind of notice it. And then when they get their chance and they succeed, you're like, wow, this guy's a special dude. Yeah. So you you have a, an appreciation for him. And uh, I think that's what we're seeing. I don't know that everybody likes him more than the other guys. That's not the dynamic that's happening. It's the respect for him keeping his mouth shut for these two years and continuing even to re-sign with this team. Yeah, I know he didn't have an, an, another offer, but it could have been time to get into commercial real estate or something. You know, yeah. all all great stories have to start as a a seed, and there are some uh, some some greenery shooting out of that. Now, will it blossom into something beyond what we can imagine? Who knows? But it is exciting to you know think of the the possibilities. That'd be a hell of a story. <laughs> it, it is exciting. It is exciting, yeah. guy. And you know, Miles Jack is a story. Um, I said, Miles, were you really sitting on the couch when they called? He goes, yeah, I was playing Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> he was watching our podcast. <laughs> so, all right, Jim. Well, I think, uh, I think that's going to do it here. I can't believe it's episode 90. We're going to be, uh, 91 next week. So we're, we're pressing along to, uh, episode 100. 
Is that the Aaron Smith episode? The Aaron Smith episode. Yes. Maybe we'll get him on the show. <laughs> Aaron's brother was a, a race car driver in uh, Colorado Springs. Okay. His number was 91 on his car. Nice. Nice. Well, so this we'll name our podcast after that car. There we go. And that's going to do it for episode number 90 of the Still City Insider podcast. Make sure you check out Jim's work at the Still City Insider. Give Jim a follow on X at Jim Wexel, right? It's at Jim Wexel, right? Your Twitter handle? Pretty sure. Yeah, Twitter handles. Just, you yeah. know, Google Wexel. Uh, you know, just uh, Google but, you Jim. Know, if, if you want my books, go to jimwexel.com and check out the books as well. Books are, books are on sale. And we'll see you all next year after a Steelers win. And take care, everybody. Thank you for the support, for the likes, uh, for subscribing, sharing with your family and friends. We appreciate you and have a great 2024. Take care, Jim. See you, Jeremy.